0: This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station.
1: All right, let's move on. I want to get to our next guest at a really thoughtful essay for the National Post with regard to social media and the impact of Twitter in particular. Now, I like Twitter. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. I think Twitter is a pretty useful tool. But there's certainly a dark side to Twitter as well. And that's kind of what our next guest is getting at. Jonathan Kay contributor with the national post, former uh, editor in chief of the Walrus magazine. We talked to him about that recently. John, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's interesting. You wrote about this. It was also a piece. Uh, I think it was Brett Stevens of the New York times. Wasn't it? who said he's done with Twitter. He's finished. You, you haven't, you haven't abandoned Twitter yet. Have you?
0: Well, I found Brett Stevens column very, uh, <laughs> kind of amusing because he said he wasn't going to completely abandon Twitter, but he was going to leave it to his personal assistants to deal with. It. And, uh, I think a lot of us wish that we had a sort of intern in charge of Twitter use uh, who could monitor our feed for us, but alas, uh, I don't have that. so uh, No, me neither. Yeah, well, we could, yeah. we
1: could, I could be yours and you could be mine.
0: I like that, yeah. It <laughs> yeah. makes both of us feel really important. That's right, exactly. All right, well, for you, though, what,
1: what prompted this?
0: Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I still am on Twitter. I, although I've changed the way I use it, I'm trying to be a lot more polite. Um, because I, I guess I realized that was part of the problem. I just see there is this dynamic that unfolds on Twitter more than on Facebook, because on Facebook, 90% of the people you're dealing with are people you sort of know in real life a little bit, so people mind their manners. Uh, you're not going to drop a lot of F-bombs on a guy that who sits next to you uh, at work or your, your aunt. Um, but Twitter, a lot of your interactions are with strangers. And the model I use is people often deal with each other on Twitter the way they deal with each other, uh, when we're cutting each other off on the highway. You know, you're just flipping people off and honking and scowling, uh, behavior that you would never do toward people you knew or even if you were a pedestrian. Because when you're in that metal box on the highway, you're kind of, you drop 30 IQ points and you become twice as angry. And I think Twitter has that effect on a lot of people. Uh,
1: and why, why is that not helpful, right? I mean, if people want to sit around and complain and yell at people, what, what's, what's the impact of that as you see it?
0: Well, so I think the impact is that, um, you know, I was listening to your last um, conversation and, I, you know, I noticed it was part of the message was like, well, if hockey games are so expensive, maybe don't go to the hockey game, right? Nice. But I don't think people can just abandon politics or policy or discussions about culture and stuff. And social media has become such an important part of the way we talk about uh, all of those things. That if people become scared off by Twitter or other social media, then what happens is those media became become essentially conquered territory for people on both sides of the political spectrum, left and right, who are like the shrillest, most dogmatic, um, anti-social specimens of those uh, those political groups, and, and that's terrible. You would never want. I mean, I think society can afford it if. Uh, hockey games, the people who said hockey games are not a representative sample of society, but it's a much bigger problem if social media is not representative of the political views of most ordinary people on both sides of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, it is. It's like you say, it's it's this quest now for ideological purity, and we're, we're becoming more polarized as a result, maybe.
0: Oh, definitely. Most. Yeah, yeah, I, by the way, the real um, uh, analogy I would use is the primary system in the United States, right? Like both Democrats and Republicans, because of the way the primary system works, it tends to be the most hardcore party faithful on both sides who pick the people who end up being the uh, nominees, uh, well, for the presidential office, but also for uh, legislative office. And so you get this polarizing effect because of the, the structure of the mechanism. And I think something is at work like that on Twitter, where, you know, probably 70 or 80% of Canadians probably are in the mushy middle on a lot of issues. And those are the people who get alienated by an online space where, you know, if you're not exactly on message with somebody who's a right-wing activist or a left-wing activist, they might find they're they're getting shouted down. Uh, And it's an unforgiving place. I mean, people do make mistakes, like people make factual errors or they have a bad day and they're rude to somebody or something, uh, where just a mistake like that can result in, in hundreds or even thousands of people going after you online uh, and certainly I've heard plenty of stories like this since my article was published. That's pretty bad.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's an easy way to to organize the, the proverbial mob, right? To um, just sick everybody on someone who's committed some perceived sin. And we see a lot of that, don't we?
0: Absolutely. That's how some people build status. They essentially become kind of um, air traffic controllers. For mobs that they direct here and there to attack people. And it's very anti-social thing, but they feel powerful. And if you define power as the ability to make people feel anxiety or discomfort or to shut them up, uh, yeah, it is, it is a sort of sick kind of power.
1: It is. So, I mean, Twitter's, Twitter is what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it can necessarily change to, to avoid all of this, but you suspect maybe that uh, eventually people are going to start to abandon it. The largest thing it already has been abandoned
0: um if you look at the page view data i mean you work in the media you probably look at the page view data for for your media company it's often facebook that's driving a lot of the, the page views on a lot of media articles uh, i know that at the walrus uh my boss i'd say probably correctly called twitter um sort of a gossip site for journalists and activists and academics and and Said that the real conversation is happening on Facebook, which I think is true, although maybe a subject for another show, Facebook has its own problem because a lot of that is silos, you know, left talking to left and right talking to right. So because Facebook is more siloed, it's more civil, but it also creates a sort of group thing. Twitter has the advantage of exposing you to other points of view, but at the expense of getting into some pretty bitter arguments and even mob behavior uh, in instances where people have uh, disagreements.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we even have someone who works here as a part-timer. She works as a reporter sometimes. She was at an anti-carbon tax rally last year and got some hostile reception from some people. Someone even came up to her after and said, you're dead. And she didn't know. she Was it a threat? Was it um, something with the media in general? It was pretty unnerving. So she spoke out about it and uh, it got some attention. And then, you know, the the online mob descended on her as she was making it up and... Right, I mean, it was just it was an ugly incident, but it just it was compounded by that. And she even left Twitter for a while because it it got so bad. Right. I mean, that's that's the experience I think a lot of people run into.
0: And one of the tragedies of this is that if I had to estimate, I would guess like 70 or 80 or even 90 percent of the people who acted in that cruel and antisocial way to your colleagues um, would never dream of acting that way like, you know, in a restaurant or a bar or a yeah. family gathering uh, and in some cases I have gone into weird fights with people online over the years and then you meet them and, and both of you are kind of embarrassed about it because you're looking at the other person and they're with their kid and or you know they're shopping and like in half a second you're like oh my god this is a real human being it's, it's the person with a family and with personal problems and you know with bad hair days and, and everything that human beings have as opposed to the sort of caricature version of that person you had in your head as a just um a, you know a complete two-dimensional person who you could hate because the only thing you saw were their tweets or the only thing you imagined about their inner life was their political ideology which you happen to disagree with
1: yeah good point well people can find your piece john it's up at uh, nationalpost.com getting a lot of the uh, reaction uh, on both sides of this but uh, thanks for joining us here today appreciate it Thank you. It's been very civil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we try sometimes, John. Thanks. Uh, Jonathan Kaye, uh, contributor once again to the National Post after a stint at the Walrus. And, well, that's a whole other story. You know, I, I get into it on Twitter sometimes, and I see that. And, and sometimes it's unfortunate. Someone who's not really at the center of anything all of a sudden now finds themselves uh, with the Twitter mob descending upon them. There's that side of it. I think Twitter's pretty useful, I, certainly for me trying to, you know, stay on top of what's going on and following different news sites and commentators and influencers. Uh, it's really useful. Yeah, sure, there, there's a darker side to it. So do you use Twitter? Do you tend to stay away from Twitter? And Do you find that Twitter's just becoming one loud, angry place where just people are yelling at each other or retreating into their own echo chambers? Anyway, 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.